Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to the Nile Nine podcast. It is myself, uh, Nile Nine, and Andrea Cleary is back. Hello, hello. The prodigal <laughs> podcast host returns yeah. from You're her back. journey. Why yeah. I don't know why I'm speaking in third person. Hello, Nile. That's How okay. are you? I'm good. I'm good. Welcome back. Spring has sprung, and uh, you spent some time in India. I since did. Since we last talked to you, I did. Yeah. How were you getting on? How was it? It was amazing. It was absolutely incredible. Like trip of a lifetime, went to a wedding for like the first two days. And then we traveled around a little bit. We were in and around Rajasthan. We were in Delhi, Jaipur and Agra. And yeah, it was just amazing. Um, it's, it's funny. I kind of, I, I went with the intention of hopefully seeking out some music because I studied some kind of like Indian classical music in college and I was like oh yeah that'd be great to like seek some out I didn't have to seek out a goddamn thing everywhere you go there's music it's just someone playing on a drum someone doing a little puppet show someone doing something singing dancing it's just it was amazing it was absolutely brilliant um so yeah I've lots of thoughts that I need to write down somewhere about it but actually one of the days I sent you a video one of the yes, days you did. I was at uh <laughs> I was at an event for Holi, which is the festival of colors. People will know it from the kind of the like chalky colors that people like throw around each other and put in each other's faces and stuff, which is uh, incredible. And what comes on the speaker, like in between all, all of this, like absolutely banging, like Hindi chart music, um, but Dance Monkey. <laughs> so I sent you a little video and I was like, there's no escaping Dance Monkey. So yeah, even however, however many thousand miles away I was. Yeah. Dance Monkey persists. It's funny. 
that was the second time I was sent Dance Monkey that month. A uh, friend really? of mine who who listens who listened to Songs We Hate podcast that we did last year, mm. um, play, play is a school teacher and he played it for them and he sh- sent me a recording of him playing it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's fine. That's an appropriate uh, setting in which to play Dance Monkey. No problem. Mm. But uh, I don't like that it's becoming synonymous with me. That's not good. I don't like. Yeah, that. I agree. <laughs> I've <laughs> I've had that a couple of times as well. I've had kind of DMs or texts from friends a couple of times when they've heard the song and I'm like don't stop associating the song with me please (laughs) I understand um but yeah like I was saying to you earlier I I left when it was basically winter and I'm back now and the spring is here the clocks have sprung forward and it's just it's lovely it's great good vibes it is nice yes yes it is normal now um uh much more sunshine than uh, we have been used to. Uh, uh, we are we are moving into spring and summer, um, and that also means that there's plenty of music in which to discuss. Yeah, this is the best of the month, best of March uh, episode. Plenty of albums. I think uh, March was a very fruitful time for for new albums. Um, yeah, and certainly even looking ahead to April as well. It seems like March is is a big month uh, for releases. So we'll be talking about some of our favorites of the month as well. And of course, um, I've been busy in the last few weeks. You've been uh, a busy bee. Andrea. I've been listening. Yeah, we had uh, David Holmes on, McKay talking about Fight Like Apes in Palestine. We had uh, David Hanradi from No Encore on talking about Meet Me in the Bathroom, the documentary. Um, and I was at Fight Like Apes last week. Uh, so good, good buzz of that gig now, I have to say. Re- it felt like a big celebration in the Olympia. Actually, can I do a little plug for my other podcast that is currently oh, yeah, on please. hiatus? I meant to share it like the day after Fight Like Apes were playing. Um, but there is an episode of my favorite album on Andrea Cleary featuring the author Caroline O'Donoghue talking about Fight Like Apes' first album. So if anyone's interested in um, reliving some nostalgic vibes um and just keeping the fight like apes train going um go and listen to that it's on all your podcast providers yeah i meant to share it and then just forgot so i'm sharing it listen <laughs> Look. You were, you're only back last week you're you're fine. you're fine i'm still on india time okay um, good <laughs> <laughs> okay it's uh let's talk about some new music that we loved in let's. the last month um i'm gonna kick it off Let's talk about Scaring the Hose, the JPEG Mafia and Danny Brown album. A album that is absolutely batshit in many ways. It's crazy. It's kind of probably the rap album of the year so far, I'd say. Okay. Let's hear a bit of a track called God Look. Drop, drop, did it get it? Don't stop. We like Adam and Eve, but I'ma eat that apple. 
apple bottom. Snake in the grass, go shake that ass. Like you sweat, I'ma make it last. When I ain't that pussy, I broke my back. Kind of hard to encapsulate a single album like this because it's kind of all over the place in the best possible way. It's uh, really blown out, as you can kind of hear there. That track is called uh, God Loves You. Uh, it's real messy. It's all over the shop in a really discon- disorientating, discombobulating way. It's very erratic, industrial. It's got that, like, those blown out bass kind of things by JPEG Mafia produces the whole thing. Denny Brown is a you know he is his own person he is completely his own mc and he he works really well on this and him and jpeg mafia work really well together on these tracks there's also some great song titles as well called like uh, jack harlow combo meal uh, there's a song called run the jewels and a song called uh, fentanyl test there's a lot of references to drugs here and i think I listened to my first ever episode of the Danny Brown podcast last week and I was like, whoa, I don't think I can ever listen to this again. <laughs> he's like, he was close to saying very problematic stuff. And I was like, is he joking? I think he's joking. He's joking. He just seems, he seems, um, he's a man on the edge, on the precipice sometimes. And uh, he was at South West last month and he did say he was going into rehab. So I was like, is that real or what? It's hard to know. But there's definitely some element of like erratic kind of vibes here but more than anything like i think the album is is brilliant it's a real like independent bedroom kind of release they there's videos of danny brown like screaming into a microphone on his bed and stuff uh for this album and it's it's really just like it's got that freneticism to just burst forth from the speakers it's really like it's a bit special it's a bit special here's a little bit of a song called perfect for another bit of uh, a blast of it. so yeah lots to recommend here i think with a lot of the albums i'm going to talk about today a lot of them came out like last week so uh still digesting them definitely uh scaring the hose is 36 minutes long it's uh but there's so much going on here on these 14 tracks most of them are very short but uh Production-wise, like as you can hear there, there's a lot happening. There's Fentanyl Tester has a Khalees milkshake sample as well. There's there's loads going on here. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I think this is going to be one of those ones that will stick with me at the end of the year because it's got so much to offer as well. So uh, we're going to come back to some more, uh, another rap tune in a while. But uh, let's go to your first choice, Andre. Yeah, my first choice is the second album from... Dublin musician Alvaredi, uh, which is called Endless Affair. It's got great cover art. I was lo- really, really, really looking forward to this album for a while now. Um, after hearing the singles that have been released from it, and as I texted her recently after my first listen to it, it's a banger. Um, so <laughs> I've chosen a couple of tracks from it. I mean, my favorite is the one I'm going to play now, um, which is one of the singles. It's called Shit Show. 
it's just such a good indie rock song. So here's Shit Show. This is so I mean, we were really big fans of her first album, Personal History, um, and we've been kind of following her with interest. And I think, thankfully, with this second album, there's there is that there's that kind of sweet spot where there's a bit of growth. You know, you're coming out of the um, very kind of reflective, confessional first album and into something a little bit more mature. Her choruses are so, so good, as you can hear there on on Chit Show. There's kind of upbeat indie rock tunes that just should be played on every radio station. Um, but then there's also kind of, she retains that kind of very self-reflective kind of looking inwards lyricism that made her first album so good and so interesting and so kind of raw um she's just such a good lyricist like she's she's really good at that sort of thing where i think we were talking about it on our uh our choice podcast with una the about sorka richardson that kind of specificity that through being hyper specific kind of becomes universal and there's a lot of that on this record um another great track from it is uh, a mess and a, a lot of these songs are kind of about feeling um maybe like you're too immature for the world or you haven't quite grown up enough yet compared to the other people around you and just that sort of that sort of feeling of like feeling a bit stuck or just feeling like you're being a mess or feeling like you're being too loud at a party or you know there's a song called last to leave um and they're they're great they're just such such good songs but um but yeah here's uh, a mess Why keep fighting? 
So I just, I love how she sounds on those songs that those kind of like upbeat, fuzzy, garagey guitar songs. I think she's got a little bit of a uh, like Strokes First album, like vocal. Something's happening with her vocals there. She kind of sounds like she's singing down a phone a little bit. It's it's just it's such a great album. It's it's one that you can really sink your teeth into in terms of the lyrics. It's very very relatable if you're a millennial woman. I think um, feeling a bit confused as to what is actually expected of you. You know, she's dealing with a lot of really interesting themes of like that idea of coming of age again um which she did on her first album as well and i i i think that she's kind of shown a lot of growth in in terms of how she's kind of dealing with them but yeah that's um that's alvaredi and i cannot recommend it enough and this affair yeah and it's fair already second album great um as i said loads of albums to get through this month and some i haven't even thankfully you're going to cover one or two that uh, i didn't get a chance to pick but one of them that i'm I'm really fascinated by and you're going to cover the, the ones that i didn't get a yeah. chance to okay good uh one of them i'm really fascinated by at the moment is eve tumor uh the album is very long title is very long it's called praise the lord who choose but which does not consume or simply hot between worlds Anyway, it's the fifth album from Sean Bowie. He's Eve's Tumor, um, based in Turin, uh, from Baltimore, I believe. No, sorry, from Miami. Um, so I think I went to see Eve's Tumor last year with the live band. And I think when I first heard Eve's Tumor, it was all very like weird, ambient, kind of um, experimental kind of music. It's really not that anymore. That was the first album. It's been quite different since then. This is Eve's Tumor have been on Warp uh, for a while now. And there's an ambition um, that I think has been fully realized now on their work. And that ambition is to make this kind of gargantuan, uh, pristine, uh, cinematic, like kind of electronic rock music. And I think it works so well in the context as well of this year where the start, I think, probably my favorite album in January. I think it was probably January or, or February was Little Yachty's "Let's Start Here." Essentially, uh, a, a cool psychedelic rock album, um, and chiming in with the fact that it's the 50th anniversary of Dark Side of the Moon last week. There seems to be a lot of this stuff going around, and I'm certainly have been listening to a lot of it. So this is fitting right in for me at the moment. Um, so here's my standout so far of uh, from the Praise the Lord album from Eve's Tumors. It's called lovely sewer
That's lovely, sir, from Eve's Tumor. The album was produced by Noah Goldstein, who did a lot of stuff with, um, uh, I believe, Kanye back in the day. Uh, credits with uh, Frank Ocean, Rosalia, Rihanna, and Bonnie Ver. And the album is mixed by uh, Alan Mulder, who you may know as his for his work with Nine Inch Nails, Smashing Pumpkins, The Likes of the Cure. Kind of a lot of shoegazy stuff. So there's a bit of shoegaze element here, I think, in this album. I have it's a very sensory rich album. It's um the drums stand out for me a lot, uh, but all the fang plays like it's uh, it's very pristine and like really nicely recorded and in the best way. It kind of feels like a really cool, proper 21st century like rock album, all detail de- detailed and kind of gilded and then but also spacious and kind of breathing at the same time. So it doesn't feel repressive. It feels like a very open uh, atmosphere to um spend time in. And Here's another uh, example. This is the last song on the album. It's called Ebony Eye. It's quite a, I think the, I read the Pitchfork review uh, today actually. And it says like there's, it's almost as if like he has been, Eve's Tumor has been racing to kind of um, catch up with the creativity that he wants to get to. And, And that often means that like he's making these quite big songs that, I think he's quite he's getting there now and and the production is is on point and everything is working really well but here's like just this kind of sounds massive here this is ebony on That's Eve's Tumor there. You can hear the drums uh, echoing there. Sounds really good to me. Um, Next time, Eve's Tumor are back in Ireland playing the Three Olympia Theatre on the 27th of November. And I'm sure if you're listening from outside Ireland, he's on tour in the EU and elsewhere. Um, So yeah, really good band and uh, really enjoying this. Um, I'm getting a lot of those albums at the moment where I just want to put them on again and again. And it's great to have three or four of those all at once. Mm. So um, our next album, which you're going to discuss, uh, thankfully, is one uh, that I haven't, uh, hasn't uh, found its way into my rotation yet. It came out last Friday. Tell me about the new album from... Well, did you know that there's an ocean under... There's an ocean under... What is it? Ocean Something Boulevard. Boulevard? There's a tunnel. It, there's a tunnel there's under a Ocean tunnel Boulevard. Under. I'm always thinking, did you know that there's an ocean under Tunnel Boulevard? <laughs> I blame Lana. Yeah, obviously the ninth album from Lana Del Rey, somebody who I didn't jump on board with basically until Norman fucking Rockwell in 2019. And um, 
I mean, that album just made me really, really sit up and take notice of her. And I think everything that she's released since has been sort of um, quietly experimental and um, really gracious and graceful and just, yeah, it just feels like she's really relaxed in terms of her her space within the industry. She's not, you know, it feels like she doesn't have anything to prove anymore. You know, like when a Lana Del Rey album comes out now, it's covered by like the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal. Like it's a it's a sort of like a highbrow affair, weirdly. Um, and, you know, it co- a co- comes with a lot of discourse. It comes with a lot of, you know, deep readings of um, of lyrics, you know, not quite to the point of like Taylor Swift stands, but it's kind of yeah. it's definitely getting there in terms of kind of deep reading of her work so yeah there's a tunnel under ocean boulevard is um like i said her ninth studio album it is 16 songs long um there's a couple of kind of interludes and stuff but even at that they're they're quite long um i've chosen a couple of tracks i chose the the first track actually the grants um grant being um Lana's uh, actual surname um, because I, I just think it's a very very brave and interesting way to open an album it features um, Melody Perry and Patty Howard who are backing singers of Whitney Houston in this kind of um, lyrical interpolation of John Denver's Rocky Mountain High um, which you know you put all that together it's the first first song of a Lana Del Rey album and you're like yeah makes sense you know why not um <laughs> yeah. but it's really it's it's just stunning and and li- like she did on on Norman Rockwell and and like she she has done on the kind of what two two albums since then one album two albums since then she really kind of grabs you with that first track uh, in terms of introducing the atmosphere to you. So I think she does it really well here. Um, here is the grants. I'm gonna take mine with you with me. Ah, mine. <laughs> Say it again. Mine of you with me. Thank you. One more time. One, two, ready. I'm gonna take Mind of you with me, I'm gonna take mind of you with me, I'm gonna take mind of you with me, like Rocky Mountain High, the way John Denver sings. So you say there's a chance for us Should I do a dance for once Your family may buy So that is 
I mean, just a snippet of of that song, which is, I think, actually quite long. It's just just under five minutes. Um, it's a really beautiful. Um, it's a really, really be- beautiful song. And I, I mean, you can hear a kind of a gospel influence in there. There is a, an interlude in it that is, you know, a, a gospel sermon. Um, it's a very piano led, for the most part, it's mm, a piano led album. Yeah. Um, a lot of ballads, a lot of Lana kind of putting her lyrics to the fore. Um, and she has like quite a lot to say on this album, I think about, I mean, we heard in, in A&W how she's kind of addressing um, her career and how she's been treated and sexism and misogyny within the music industry. And, um, and I think she's like, very interestingly, she's also kind of looking back at her own career and uh, musically kind of introducing that in here. Um, the other track I've chosen is actually the last track. I didn't do that on purpose, but the last track, um, the last track, Taco Truck uh, XVB, uh, the VB in that title is is Venice Bitch, um, which was a song a song on uh, Norman fucking Rockwell, and she kind of reintroduces it here to close the album. Um, it's around may- maybe a little bit past halfway through the song, um, with kind of more of a trap beat. It's it's a strange closer to this album. Mm, like this yeah. album is it's it, it's it's a weird decision and and I, I think it's an even weirder decision to kind of tack it on to the end of another song instead of just having it as like a bonus song or something. But but it's a decision I like um because she is somebody who is so constantly in conversation with herself and with her past kind of iterations her uh, as as Taylor Swift would kind of do it, her eras. Um, and I think this Lana Del Rey era is one of kind of reflection. Um, so yeah, this is um, Taco Truck VB. Back in the garden, we're getting high now because we're older. Me and myself are like diamonds. My baby crimson and clover Whoa, 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 whatever Everything, whatever Yeah, I think that's an interesting decision. I wonder if by doing that, she's kind of closing off a a kind of an era between 2019 and now, and if what comes next is going to be um, mm, a bit different. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's also, um, Jack Antonoff does produce on this album, but he's one of maybe four producers, and I can't seem to locate information as to what... what um, what songs he actually worked on. Um, she also co-produced the record. There's also some um, some uh, guest spots, uh, features, that's the word. Uh, John Batiste, Father John Misty, Bleachers are just three of them. Obviously, she's worked with Father John Misty twice before. This is their third collaboration. Um, that's a song on the album that I really, really like. It's called Let the Light In. Um, and I reviewed this album on, on Arena um, uh, last week and I, I, I said there that I think Lana and 
Father John Misty and Lana and Josh are kind of kindred spirits in a way. I think they're they they obviously make music that doesn't sound a whole lot like one another, although maybe you could argue that Father John Misty's most recent album is kind of doing a similar kind of nostalgic 20th century thing. But uh, I do think they're they're concerned with similar things and they're concerned with um I mean they both sort of play a role in their um in their music both of them have changed their names they have stage names both of them have kind of you know musical personas that they perform so I I, I think they're they're a very interesting duo I would love if they released an album together that would be like you know a dream that'd be on the wish list for me but um but yeah I think overall this album it it's not it's not quite as um it doesn't hit you quite as immediately as um as maybe some of her previous records but i do think that it's it's really really mature it's you, you can like like i said at, at the at the beginning you can just feel how relaxed she is you can feel that she's comfortable enough in where she's at in her career to take some creative risks to you know, make some quite long songs um, that yeah. that for me really, really still hold my attention. Um, even though it might just be her and a piano, and and not much else happening, uh, it, there's still just so much atmosphere that she manages to get, especially out of her voice. And yeah, I just think she's she's just great. She's on such a good run, and I would I would really recommend this to people who are maybe even still a little bit unsure about Lana Del Rey because I know that there's a lot of people who just don't quite get it but I think that this would be this would be a nice kind of introduction to where to where she's at now but it it definitely rewards people who've been following her for a few years um, yeah that's for sure more. I think yeah. <clears throat> I would probably yeah. start with Norman fucking Rockwell first but because uh, I just haven't got into this album yet for because, sure because it's maybe a little bit long yeah. and like it is an hour and seven minutes. It's long. It's like an hour. It's not a little bit long. It is long. Minutes, something like that. Like it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, and are, an hour and are, are, are these it songs interludes? If they're like four and a half minutes long, they're like to me an interlude. I know. Is, is usually I know. A short yeah. thing. I was like, listen to that. Judah Smith or Judah Smith interlude. I was like, it's still going. I was like, I mean, should <laughs> yes. I replay this? I was yeah. like, No, it's four and a half minutes long. An interlude. <laughs> With yeah. you know, and I don't, I, I actually don't know what that is. I don't know why, I don't know the reasoning behind it yet. I don't know why. No, there's a no. a preacher and some piano uh, in on track five. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, oh, I mean, I, I think she's it. just so like liberal with like what kind of iconography she decides to pull for for whatever message it is she has. Like you know, she's like, why not take a bit of gospel? Why not? Like she's just she sort of. I get the impression that she kind of views everything in culture or religion or society or whatever as like, uh, you know, like Play-Doh or something like she can just kind of pick and choose it and put it all together and make something out of it. Like she's, there's a kind of a detachment that you need to have in order to do that. Um, maybe detachment isn't, isn't the right word, but this kind of like meta analysis of, society and culture that she's obviously very capable of doing very well um and she'll she kind of just takes things like that and puts them to use for her own purposes you know what I mean and those purposes aren't always obvious (laughs) um they're certainly not obvious to me but um 
yeah, I I definitely need a bit more time with this album. I mean, obviously on Arena, I had to give it a, a rating um, after only being with it for, for a couple of days. Um, but I have been sticking with it. It's been a nice album to have on kind of while I'm working and I'm getting more more songs are kind of revealing themselves to me the more I listen to it. So yeah, it's um it's very good. I like it. The Lana okay. fans will be happy for sure. For sure, for sure. Okay, my next choice is from also a fifth album, uh, as with a youth tumor. This is uh Unknown Mortal Orchestra's fifth album, and here's a song on it called The Widow. <laughs> That's the widow. I picked an instrumental bit there, so let's hear a bit of uh, that life as well for full vibes. So yeah, this is the fifth album from Ruben Nielsen, a New Zealand musician. Uh, context for this album is it was made in Palm Springs, California. Uh, during the pandemic, uh, Nielsen's brother Cody flew to New Zealand, uh, from New Zealand to Palm Springs to help him. And one of their Hawaiian uncles uh, was having some health issues and they both decide to uh, move then from New Zealand to Portland and Portland respectively to Hawaii and with that that's where they kind of grew up and it's gave a lot of um, kind of feelings about his family Reuben Nielsen's family actually were musicians who played on hotel resorts and stuff like that so it kind of reminded him of his childhood of swimming in hotel swimming pools and uh, hanging out with show bands in the Pacific so 
Uh, that's kind of an influence for the album. There's a lot of kind of West Coast AOR and a little bit Yacht Rocky kind of buzz going on. But same again, Unknown Moral Orchestra, the DNA of that is still there. The The project is kind of lo-fi, kind of gauzy uh, instrumental music, um, kind of tight, funky uh, guitars, but like never sounding too brilliant or too great. It always sounds a bit degraded or something. Um, so that's there. I think this is a really lovely album. I've been putting this on a lot at the moment. And again, I think it's a, it's a long enough um, kind of release. I think it's about an hour probably. Um, yeah, it's an hour straight. So uh, 14 songs and uh, maybe a couple too many at some points. But it's kind of those one of those nice albums you just leave running along. And uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying it because I did think they were, didn't know where they were going. There were some great songs on the last album. Um Sex and Food, terrible title. Um, but that was 2018. And Multi Love from 2015 was probably my favorite uh, of their albums overall. But I don't think they ever really had a bad album. There's always something to recommend with an old Moral Orchestra. But I think this is just a lovely. That first track, I think, I realize now maybe why I picked it. It's like, do you know what it reminds me of? Um, it's like those, uh, those instrumentals that the Beastie Boys have on some of their albums where it's like they're jamming and playing kind of like funk and soul kind of bits that's what that kind of reminds me of so i love that so it's unknown mortal orchestra i'm just called a v5 so that's my choice i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Um, my next choice, my last album that I've chosen is from Lancome, obviously. Uh, False Lancome. It's it's the it's the follow up to the big one, the Live Long Day. But it's what their third album as Lancome, and then there were other albums when they weren't Lancome before. There was it's one one uh, when they were lynched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, it's the big follow up to the big album. Um, a lot of pressure on on Lancome for this album, I think. Um, and here's a little taste of it. Um, I've chosen a song called Master Crowley's, which if you play it maybe from the around the halfway point, Nile, just to get a sense of how the song switches up, it starts as kind of like a, a traditional Irish tune, kind of standard, and then it um, kind of moves into something a little bit different. Uh, this is Master Crowley's.
Have you ever heard a song so readily fall into a, a, a snake pit or a mud? It's the way that happens. It's just so interesting. Yeah. It's like it's sludging itself into oblivion um, at the same time yeah. as it's uh, fill, <laughs> kind of coming to a close and then it comes back again. It's a brilliant song. This is the one it's that stood amazing. out to me on first listen for sure of the album itself. Yeah. And it's so subtle how they do it. It's not um, it's not this big kind of it's it's not quite this big moment that happens. It's just this the, the introduction of these very, very subtle elements. And then all of a sudden you're in this very strange place. And Langham do that so well. I mean, the Live Long Day, obviously, when we when we were talking about that album, when it first came out as being, you know, such a such a step forward, if you will, of of the kind of Irish folk traditional kind of sound, spoke a lot about the the drone on on that album and the kind of the sense of dread that they're able to invoke with their music. I think on this record, that's definitely still present. Um, I think particularly on the fugues, there's three interludes or fugues on this album. Um, Lana Del Rey, take note, they are around a minute or two minutes long each. And they're nice little kind of markers on, uh, on the record. They're kind of, you know, the point at which you'll you'll turn over the turn over the LP but there is also this kind of softer side to them a bit more melodic side there's I mean a couple of songs that stood out to me are Netta Perseus and Lord of War and Mary Flynn which are just vocally such beautiful songs melodically such beautiful songs and they don't lean in quite as much to that kind of dready drone sludgy thing that we already kind of know they're really good at here they're just kind of being straightforward like musicians and showing their musicianship not that the other way isn't musicianship but you know what I mean kind of more more traditional uh expected um musicianship and it's it's that element of the album that I found really at times just completely took my breath away like i i think i i I need to do like a side-by-side listen but i think i prefer this to the live long day i think it's a step forward for them yeah actually look if we if we can listen to a little bit of um netta perseus because i think it's just probably the most beautiful song i've heard this year it's incredible beautiful rendition of that song which is um like a very old folk song from what i can understand and and like rady pete can we take a moment i mean just the, the dynamics of her voice on this album like she's so she's so restrained there like she's so subtle um and she can get so much out of her voice when it when it feels like she's kind of pulling back and do and just doing doing what serves the song but then when you listen to her on a song like Go Dig My Grave, she's she's a force of nature, you know. She's just, she's such a dynamic 
vocalist she is uh, I, I like she blows me away every time I hear her sing I think she's particularly brilliant on uh, on this record but I think the thing with Lancome is that and again if you heard me on Arena last week I'm repeating myself a little bit but they are the very very best example of what this genre is right now this sort of um this this point in in folk music in Ireland where people are branching out and people are you know kind of figuring out how how do you retain the qualities of and of this kind of tradition while also injecting it with a bit of modernity a bit of kind of something personal and something that feels right for the times that we're living in now and they are just they are the the touchstone i think of what can be done um within this within this genre um they're just so creative and free and unapologetic and they're not wringing their hands about whether or not they're staying true to a centuries old tradition or anything because it's their tradition and they they've mastered their instruments they are such good players but they're also just so much more than that like they're they're innovators and they really get to the heart of what it is that this music can evoke and can do and can function as in in Ireland today I think it's just it's an outstanding record like it's just from start to finish there's nothing on it that I don't like it's just great and it's sequenced so brilliantly as well you have to know the rules in order to break them and I think Langham have really done that here and uh you know whatever the purists yeah. think if there are purists who are giving out about this let them do it um they've proven themselves that they do you know what's fascinating I think as well it's and it's worth mentioning is the if you've seen if you actually just watch that um, the video for Go Dig My Grave and just see how this band are um, operating in ways that are just so different to uh, a lot of their peers, that is such a fantastic um, example of their their craft and vision and how they how, how they see their songs. Very well done. It's quite hypnotic. It's it obviously. Mm. Very brave thing to do in order to when you release an album is like your first song is eight and a half minutes long from the album and it's a slow burner. And I know they've done that before with the Wild Rover, but you know, especially with Go Dig My Grave, it's a it's a song about <laughs> a very difficult like a, a woman who's basically killed herself or hanging herself uh, or hung herself um, after being scorned or or rejected. So it's mm. it's got a lot going on there, but the way that they kind of transcended source material is so wonderful and I think they do that a lot here on this album also there are some or kind of make the source material um kind of bring bring it into modern times and and like how they interact with like their national identity as folk musicians and that kind of retelling these stories recontextualizing them to a point but I mean they're not they're not changing very much uh, with like li- lyrically in terms of the songs that they are um you know yeah covering for want of a better word um but but how they kind of yeah recontextualize them in into something that is recognizable in modern Ireland in terms of you know like in 
in Go Dig My Grave in terms of gender or in terms of, kind of you know, other, other institutions that we kind of come up against all the time. And they have this sense of um, like circularity or, you know, just what's the word that that, that these issues themselves are transcendent no matter when when you're living in that these are the these are still relevant songs and I think that's what modern folk music is kind of is good at doing like this is what this new kind of this wave you know I think um I think Lisa O'Neill does it really well as well when she when she when she performs uh kind of old folk songs as well it's just reinvigorating it with a bit of anger and the, the, the kind of anger that would have been there in the first place, a bit of anger, a bit of sorrow, a bit of a, a bit of something, a bit of life that we can kind of recognize as existing now. Um, it's so hard to put your finger on 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 what it is that makes these songs feel so modern when they come out of Lancome. But they do. They feel incredibly modern and they feel incredibly apt for our times. You know, I think it's a yeah. I, I, I think it's a political record as much as anything else. You know, I think they definitely have. A grounding or an understanding of like drone and ambient and like maybe metal and industrial that they can draw on as well that makes it feel like it is pulling in different directions um mm. and i think yeah as i i'm glad you picked this one because i i didn't include it myself yet because i'm still getting to know it and uh it's the kind of album like a lot of yeah. these albums this week that i just feel like i'm gonna need a lot more time with them not in a bad way just in a way that i'm like I'm really enjoying this and I'm happy to just keep mm. going back to them. And it's really nice to have that after, you know, not that it's been too quiet the last few months, but, you know, it's nice to have ah, a lot of albums. To, well, January, February are never too busy, but we think we did a fair bit. Loads of tunes, loads of tunes, yeah. but to have albums to get your teeth into is really, really nice. So, uh, yeah, really enjoying that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you okay. can always say it's, it's been ages it has been ages, and I've seen them recently wearing, uh, uh, I think if you watch the NPR Tiny Desk concert uh, with, with Lancome, they're wearing a t-shirt from this band, and it is a kneecap. Let's have a listen. Oh, it's been ages since we made the front pages. Since Jerry Leonard hiatus, back to annoying cons that hate us. It's back to basics, a scumbag who them shameless. Take more than that to tame us, all your fault cause you made us famous. All your fault cause you made us famous. Sticking our face in your papers, but we get loved by our neighbours. You keep track when you're giving favours. Sad, Curtigale go well to jazz. It don't hate it, don't feel last. I change with your father, don't feel mass. Change with your father, don't feel mass. I handle brother, hundo last. Needs more footage in the task. It can't go roll, they now won't ask. Un, calling our face and then you're scum. That's enough for the story to run. Sensational airline, that's job done. Fuck me, it's been ages since my Mickey was contagious. So you thought the kneecap craze was over our back, keeping diabetic politicians raging. Been a while since cuts were blaming kneecap, no ranting, no raving. It's been no naming or shaming. Time to rash your career is saving. Naomi Long, do you need another epidural? All cause we unveiled the mural like Makara. Why so cruel? Cause it's been ages. God blesses and save us back with a bang and it feels amazing. Going nowhere but going places. Oh, it's been ages since we made the front pages. Since Jerry Leonard had us back to annoying concert. Okay, that's kneecap. As you can hear there, the Belfast trio. Um, I love this because I think it's a really great example of how you can uh, rap in an Irish accent and sound so fucking good. And obviously these lads have been doing that since they came out 
and uh, rightly so. They've been lauded for it and also a bit notorious for terms of revealing murals and stuff like that. And for anti-royalist sentiments uh, at gigs and stuff like that. All stuff that young lads and young women should be doing. (laughs) And they are true proponents of all of that as well in terms of like, they do it with humour and I think they do it with grace as well. And in those raps, I think. Do you know what's really lovely? It's really lovely to see, if you go on Genius for this song, you see... Uh, translations for the Irish on it and it's great <laughs> and I think that's brilliant <laughs> so that's Makara and mm. Mowgli Bap in particular and uh, yeah so I love how they move between Irish and uh, and English here on a really uh, in with ease and the beat is here by Willhouse the dumb producer I believe so that is it's been ages so I'm sure there's going to be a lot more coming from uh, Kneecap this year Carlo sorry he's from Carlo let's not assume everyone's from Dublin thanks <laughs> Okay, my second to last choice, uh, first track and first of two covers. This is, so when I heard that this is going to happen, that Sorka Richardson is going to cover Hot Fuss by The Killers in full, I was very excited because that was one of my favorite albums. It's like I credit that album with being one of the albums that made me pursue working in you know, music writing. I absolutely love it. Um, and she has released um, two tracks from it. Uh, Jenny was a friend of mine and Mr. Brightside. So it's not to just play Mr. Brightside on a podcast that I co-host um, <laughs> in any form. Um, I've chosen Jenny was a friend of mine. Uh, it's, I mean, I, I just love that song and I love what she's done with it. It sounds like a Zorka Richardson song. Um but yeah, I think she's done something really interesting with it. So yeah, this is Jenny was a friend of mine by the Killers, covered by Sorka Richardson. Come on, come on. There's no motive for this crime. Jenny was a friend of mine. Come on, come on, yeah. don't have too much else to say about it but it's just lovely i'm so excited the album was recorded for turn to have a kitchen a seattle label we were telling me about this uh, when we chatted to her last year and then she had it she had a few copies actually at the uh merchy christmas i think as well and uh yeah yeah, yeah on vinyl because it's all on vinyl <gasps> that's the whole thing so you can't get this this will not be on streaming services those are the only songs sorka email she- it to me please <laughs> She did say. <laughs> you have my email. Send it to me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is out on vinyl only at the moment. Uh, so if you want to get it in this album in full, you have to buy it. Um, there was 
Is it available? Can uh, I buy it on our bank camp? Don't know. I haven't seen it anywhere. Oh, sorry. I'm devastated. I didn't know that this was a physical only. Release. Yeah. I'm, I'm stressed now. Yeah. Uh, it's fine. I'll find it. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, well, yeah, you will. I'm sure. I'm sure we can sort it out for you. Don't. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I just, I can't wait to hear it. I think it's a great idea. Um, I think Ryan Adams might have sullied, you know, artists doing this with other artists with his cover of 1989 by Taylor Swift, which I liked. Okay. Well, we're, we can reclaim it now. Ryan was, I think more artists should do this. I absolutely, I love, I love, like, I mean, I love covers, but covering a whole album I think is is a feat um and it really requires you to get to know the album really dig into it and find kind of where you sit in it you know where your sound sits in it so I yeah I always think it's a really interesting thing to do um so yeah I'm gonna yeah, find um, this Rosie Carney did, did the Radiohead it. album uh the Benz a couple yes, of years ago yeah I think that was yeah. a kind of a lockdown project wasn't it more of a lockdown thing but yeah mm. uh, very good uh okay my last song, as is now in my tradition, I pick an older song. So uh, in order to shameless plug the la- my last choice, um, I'm going to pick a song from the Indie Sleaze playlist because we're doing I'm doing Why? an Indie Sleaze party. We've Look, myself and yourself talked to Louise McSharry last year for a podcast about Indie Sleaze. And I remember chatting to Louise uh, after that going, do you want to do a club night about this? And uh, one thing in order never happened. And then we, when Meet Me in the Bathroom came up again this year, I was like, listen to all this music again. I was like, there is an opportunity to do something fun and a bit nostalgic. Uh, So we're doing it basically Good Friday, April 7th, uh, late night in Workman's Cellar. Uh, myself and Alex Donald would be playing, uh, doing indie sleaze party club hits, basically. All the music of the era from the early 2000s, especially the New York era. Uh, so we're talking all the Indian rock stuff that uh, people like Andrea love, like The Strokes. And uh, we've got LCD Sound System. Yeah, yes. I mean, this Interpol. song that you're about to play, I had forgotten about. <laughs> and I just know that when you play it, I'm going to yeah. like just zoom <laughs> oh, okay, backwards good, good. in time. I can't believe Yeah. It. So along with all the indie stuff, I'm going to, there's obviously going to be some new rave and nostalgic stuff and, and electro clash and remixes and Blockhouse. So one of the songs uh, I'm going to be playing is, I'm sure, although we only have four hours or three and a half hours, whatever it is, four hours. So. Not going to be able to get everything in, but I'm definitely hoping to play this one. This is Fisher Spooner and Emerge. You don't need to emerge from nothing. You don't need to step up with. Feels good. Looks good. Sounds good. Looks good, feels good too. Feels good too. Ah, uh-huh, that's right. Feels good too. Ah, uh-huh, that's right.
was waiting for that uh, that vocal bit to come in, the backing vocal, of course. That was merged from Fisher Spooner. I reckon I haven't I haven't listened to that song in about like uh, what, easily. twelve years. Like it's easily. Oh my god! And I remembered every the uh-huh, yeah, that's uh-huh, right. That's right. Like yeah. every single bit of it, I remember. <laughs> that oh is two thousand and three. That song yeah, is from. So we're really early that. on. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, Jesus, I I got into that song late then. I yeah. was only a babby in Well, not a babby. There is an indie sleeves playlist if you're interested in coming along. Um, uh, on on Spotify on my uh, on the Northern Nine Spotify public profile, so you can have a look at that. Uh, there's four and a half or five hours, four and a half hours of uh, music. There's uh, yeah, sixty songs on that, including this. Yeah, we're gonna be playing a bit of everything like this. So it'd be fun. It'd be fun. I think there's a good look. Li- that one doesn't give me as much nostalgia because I feel like I've heard that in clubs. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it's never really <laughs> gone. I mean? That never, never really, really has gone away. Never yeah, went out for of sure. Style. For, for sure. No, uh, no. Yeah, it's yeah. Great. Um, but that is uh, obviously that was yeah, yeah. It's the A track remix of Has a Role. Yeah, all sorts of stuff there. So yuck. Shameful plug, but also I think it'll be a fun night. So Workman Cellar, Good Friday, April 7th. No um, yeah, uh, there's there's tickets on Eventbrite. So come along to that. So, okay, you're going to finish up the pod. Yeah. Um, so like I said, second cover. This is Korea and it's Don't Tell Me. And it's from Madonna and it sounds like this. And I'll tell you more about Korea in a minute. Don't tell me Speaking of nostalgia, <laughs> my yes, my apologies to Karen Cowley of Wyvern Lingo. I think she's pronounced Crea. I pronounce it Crea because my name is Andrea. And when I see that, it's that's yeah, quite it's, understandable. It's understandable. Um, so, yeah, obviously, cover of the Madonna Madonna hit Don't Tell Me, which is which has made a bit of a comeback as a tune. Is this a TikTok thing again? Well, yeah, kind of, but but also just a lot of like people doing like with the kind of cowboy renaissance that's happened that kind of happened over over lockdown. Just people learning the the Madonna dance from that song, uh, which is a great dance. Yeah, it's always been one of my favorite Madonna songs, and I think Karen does a great job with it. You know, it's really typical of her voice, like injects it with so much soul. Um, 
and like good covers like this should do um is a nice way to kind of pay a little bit more attention to the lyrics and dive in a little bit deeper with it but it's just a really lovely cover really so yeah i decided to just pick two covers as i do every single month i've forgotten to pick a little throwback song but um it's my look, it's my thing you can't have it <laughs> it's your thing i think i'll actually just keep it as your thing um no you, but, can. you can do it if you like yeah i've maybe one, one or two other little bits in terms of like books and telly and stuff but yeah well, um i mean i'd get through them quite quickly in terms of telly i mean look i'm watching succession absolute shock of the century uh only only one episode out so i won't talk too much about it but i will say i mean the scene with tom making fun of greg's dates bag is one of the best things i've seen on television it was stunning and just what what an episode i mean on the plane journey over and back from india i watched season three because they had it on you know the little in-flight thing so i rewatched season three so i really felt like like i was up to date and ready going in and yeah didn't disappoint it was a it was a great first episode other thing i've been watching married at first sight australia um <laughs> it's it's so good i mean harry and i've been watching it we are not like as you know Niall, we're not um reality tv people at all we're not into love island we're not into real housewives anything like that but there's something about married at first sight australia and it has to be the, the australian one that just just grabs us and it's just oh it's great we found we found it on a a website where like 30 odd episodes of it have been uploaded but if you're watching it as it's being released here kind of on channel four or whatever it's only up to like episode six or something at the minute so but it's a good season. If anyone's only on like, if anyone's watching it week by week at the minute, like stick with it. It's great. There's, there's a villain and it's fabulous. So that's my, that's my telly. And then I've a couple of books. First is, I don't like recommending really, really long books, but this is a very, very good book. It's like an almost 800 page um, debut novel from a Swedish author called Lyd- Lydia Sangren. Uh, the book is called Collected Works and it's it kind of follows um, it follows a man in his 50s who is a, a book publisher living in Sweden and his wife went missing a few years ago, but not really went missing in a kind of Scandi uh, noir kind of way, but more like she just kind of up and left and the and the fallout from that with, between him and his teenage children. And then it also goes back in time to uh, around the time when he was a student and he first met his wife and he's friends with this kind of artist guy. And it's just sort of like, it's not like the the missing wife thing isn't, you know, the main driver of the book or anything like that. It's not really like it's a I guess technically a mystery, but it doesn't read like that. It just reads as like a really, really brilliant kind of character study of this very, very vast cast of characters. I think it would make a, a brilliant television series and you'd need like three seasons to do it. So it is like, you know, probably 760 pages or something. I read it to review it. I think that review will be out this Sunday in the, in the Business Post. But if you're looking for like a really meaty novel, that's a good one. And then I've oh, I've just started Donna Tartt's The Little Friend, which is her, I think it's the middle book between Secret History and the Goldfinch. And I've kind of seen and heard people say that it's like, um, it's a bit of a kind of forgotten classic because it comes between 
those two books that were kind of you know talked about a lot and very kind of seminal but it's a what do you call it like american gothic sort of thing a child is found like hanged on a tree and it's the fallout of that in this kind of small community in america and so far like i've underlined some passages in it that have just been the most beautiful writing i've ever read like she is oh my god her language like she's uh it's like a feast it's incredible i recommended the secret history to you i think recently enough but it is it's it's a long book but it's brilliant but yeah reading that at the minute haven't really been getting too much read at the minute because of the whole phd but trying really trying to read more novels for fun <laughs> and not just the ones that i review so sure um but that's it i don't think i've seen a single film oh i watched she said the film about the two journalists who broke the Harvey Weinstein story. And it was good. If you like Spotlight, you will like She Said. It's kind of you, that. You were saying very... on Instagram that you, this is a genre. That is your, your journalistic. Genre. <laughs> Investigative journalism films are my, yeah. So like Zodiac, She Said, All the President's Men, Spotlight. Yeah, just any kind of investigative journalism story i'm about it if anyone has any more to recommend me please do yeah. um it's hard to watch any of them after watching all the am i right all the presence men is the film i'm thinking of isn't it i watched it for the first time probably about a month ago yeah robert redford justin hoffman probably about a month ago it's about the watergate scandal and it is just like it was the first of this style of film and like ev every one of these films that you've watched since like Zodiac and Spotlight, you can just see how the, how the geography and the language and the style of those kinds of films just come from all the presidents men. And it's, it's just such a good watch. Like I was smiling the whole way through because I was like, oh my God, like twists and turns. Blah. And it's, yeah, it's from 1976. It's, I mean, it's a very, very famous film, <laughs> but typical of me. I kind of come to it late and start telling everyone about it. But, but yeah, that's, that's my other business. I, I don't think, think I've ever seen businesses. it. I don't think I've ever seen that one. Oh, Niall, you should absolutely watch it. It's like, it's, it's, a, it's one of those classics where it's like. Yeah, I've just never gone around to it. Yeah. Yeah, it's like su it's super enjoyable. It's not hard work at all. You don't need to know much about Watergate. It explains a lot to you. Um, yeah, it's just it's great. Dustin Hoffman's fantastic in it, and obviously Robert Redford is Robert Redford. Um, but yeah, have you any other business? Um, uh, yeah, I what did I watch last week? The Whale. Um, not as bad as I was expecting, mm. but very much based on a play vibes. Um, but also very miserable. Very miserable. Okay. Uh, I also watched an old, an old, hey, have you heard of Jackie Chan? <laughs> I watched his first film, Police Story. It's so much fun. I recommended this on this very section of this very podcast like six months ago. Police Story. Oh, yeah, it's so much it's fun. It's so good. It's so much fun. Uh, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, I've actually never seen this as either a child or an adult. And I watched it. And I was like. Holy fuck, what he does with his body is incredible. Um, and all the stunts that everyone else is doing as well. It's it's pretty spectacular. So yeah. Um it's it's really And something. Michelle Yeoh is in uh, it, isn't she? She's in that one. Uh, no, I think I she's in that so. one. In the first one. Do you know Maybe I need not. to see I watched, where it can... I watched two of them, I think. 
Um, she's yeah, somewhere I, in the series I, because there, she does a stunt where she. Yeah, because oh, she's in the third one. Okay. Yeah. There's. I need to find the. I need to find the other ones at some point. Although it's not something I want to watch. All I have the time, them but. on DVD here if you'd like to borrow them. Um, if you can't find them anywhere, but they're. So Do you know what? They're probably in the library. They're probably in the, the library. library. <laughs> oh, the library. You know how I feel about the library. <laughs> it's been a while since we recommend the library. But listen, uh, the other thing we haven't talked about is The Last of Us and the finish of The Last of Us. And not that we need to discuss too much in detail, but um, I'm, I'm trusting you enjoyed it. I loved it. In, in, I, loved it. Yeah. I just absolutely loved that show. Not the ending I was expecting. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. Mild spoilers for The Last of Us season one. I thought one of them would die. I thought it would be Joel, this old man, you know. Yeah. I I thought the ending was incredible. Like, and from what I can understand from my friends who've played the game, who I've been talking to, Carlo mostly. Hi, Carlo. It was like pretty accurate or pretty faithful to the ending yeah. of the in, ter- in terms of the kind yeah. of the philosophical questions that it asks. Uh, yeah, I think it's a really complicated um, character study of of Joel. And I thought Pedro Pascal just did like a, an amazing job of of that character. Bella Ramsey, like their their performance in like was it episode six where it's Ellie and her like girlfriend going around the mall just thought it was incredible. Like the whole way through, I think I think Bella Ramsey is an absolute star. They're gonna do like fucking huge things and just one of the best performances I've seen, especially from a person so young. Like, what are they like 20 or something? Like so young, Even, yeah. so amazing. Um and yeah, I've obviously been enjoying the you know, the rest of the world catching up to Pedro Pascal. Like, that's nice. Um, <laughs> some of us have been here since Oprah and Martel. Okay, I'll just say that much. But um, well, he's got a stylist since, I think. So, you know, he's got there, there, are vi- there are more pointed um, sartorial vibes going just, on for sure. Yeah, I mean, the, I did. I watched a couple of episodes. The jumper draped over the shoulders, oh, you know. Stop. I mean, the big glasses. Just what a lovely man. <laughs> what a lovely, lovely man. Um, but yeah, I watched a few episodes of The Mandalorian because I was like having, you know, withdrawals. So I was like, I need more Pedro in my life. And um, I'm not as into The Mandalorian. I like the little green freak and I like... Oh, his, baby Grogu. Yeah, he's... Yeah, he's so inc- fucking cute. so cute. Like he's kind of outrageously cute. Because I didn't watch The Mandalorian because I, I, I remember seeing pictures of Grogu and I was like, no, absolutely not they made you for people like me to just obsess yeah. over and think that's my baby. Um, and then I watched a few episodes of it and I was like, that's my baby. And so <laughs> yeah, he's ridiculously cute, but I will not buy any merch. Um, but yeah, I might stick with it. I'm not, I'm not like, are you just at the start? Yeah. I watched like two or three episodes. It's good. It's fun. Yeah. I mean, I think there's some good, there's definitely some good episodes there. Okay. Um, uh, I don't, I'm watching the new season at the moment and it's, yeah, it's like, it's episodic and it's easy watch. Yeah. And I think it's, it doesn't do Star Wars a disservice, which is, no. you know, uh, these days is a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, for sure, yeah. that's helpful. Mm. Um, and what else have we been watching? Uh, I've been watching season one of Hacks. Yeah. I don't know anything uh, about this. I saw before. people in the Discord talking about, what is it? 
Um, it's uh, what is it now? Is it Gene Smart? Um, and it's basically like old co- comedian meets young comedian and uh, culture clash. Um, Gene Smart, um, who's in lots of stuff, and Hannah Einbinder. It's basically them two. Um, she gets the younger one gets hired for the older comedian who's in a has a Vegas residency, and how they clash. So okay. I've only seen the first four episodes so far, but uh, uh, um, yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's also like very easy watch, which is absolutely fine. The other thing, um, uh, Kunk on Earth is a oh. Philomena Kunk Philomena. has a, a a US net. Well, it was on BBC as well, but uh, US Netflix TV show. Uh, you know, you've seen Philomena Kunk, you know the vibe. She's funny and makes people feel awkward. Um, she's funny about history and makes people feel yeah. awkward. And then um, the latest Bobby Fingers uh, diorama video on YouTube uh, about Michael Jackson and his hair going on fire during the Pepsi commercial is probably the best thing I've seen in a long okay. time. Obviously, Bobby Fingers is uh, formerly one half of Rubber Bandits and is got really into model making as I think as a career. Seemingly, um, from watching the videos anyway, and in his spare time, he makes these incredibly surreal, uh, but incredibly detailed videos of tiny di- dioramas oh, cool. uh, of, of famous pop culture bits. And uh, I can see drunk yeah, Mel watch. Gibson arrest diorama. Do you know what? I haven't so actually, I have never, I only, <laughs> yeah, I'd never seen the first two. I, I was aware of the first two, but I didn't know the context, and I was like, I'm so confused mm. by the what was going on. Um, but now I finally watched that one. And I'm like, right, I want to see this. I'm going to actually watch the two of them, the other two tonight. Uh, but the newest one is absolutely fantastic. Okay, I'll and, watch um, that. Uh, yeah, I think Bobby Fingers is, is Bobby is involved in the Pagan Rave at the Body and Soul Festival as well. Mm. Um, so some of those, there's some appearances basically. So uh, yeah, great video, worth a watch. Uh, incredible craftsmanship, but also surreal surreal stuff so um and an amazing song as well. cool. so just watch it just watch Will it do. bobby fingers uh michael jackson um yeah well we'll be back next week to talk about uh more music uh, i think april will bring new albums from yeji feist jesse ware the national everything but the girl and daughter so we might be talking about some of that at some point um but yeah it has been nice to come back and uh have you back oh, and just nice talk about music back. again Thanks for having me back. And yeah, before we go, let me say just patreon.com forward slash 909. If you want to support the show and support the website, uh, our Discord uh, access is through the Patreon and you'll get um, to chat to lovely people and do music leagues, which you just, just about, you did, you did, I mean, in fairness. I, di- I dipped out. Andrea, you dipped out because you're on holidays. Yeah. That's fine. That's absolutely I did that because we're, I was we're on doing holidays in a country that charges me or where my phone provider charges me what can only be described as extortionate amount of money. Um, yeah. Best excuse I could imagine. Very good. Yeah, that's it. So. <laughs> All right. Okay. But that's patreon.com forward slash 909 and talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.